Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Bollocks. Yes, it is I, your host, Howard H. Smith. I am the host of this podcast, as well you know. Unless you're visiting for the first time, in which case, yeah, it's me. I do this. So, uh, my name is Howard H. Smith. I am uh, the lead singer in UK thrash band Acid Rain. I am also stand-up comedian who performs as a character Keith Platt and myself. I also host the uh, Reducer podcast, along with two friends, where we just jabber on. Um, And I also host the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. We also have Old Bollocks. That is a um, a cross-platform podcast that I do with Stephen Oldhead Ivy. Um, And we drop, I drop those in sort of once a month. You probably getting familiar with those. There's also Movie Bollocks. I haven't done an episode of that for a while, but there is one in the can um, that will be landing soon. Don't worry about that. Um, and other features to come. That is, that's, a, that's a lot of stuff, isn't it? Wow, that is a lot of stuff. Right, almost too much to put links to. But I will put some links in the description of this podcast, including where you can sign up to Patreon for $6 a month and you get loads and loads of stuff. Just click on the support link in the description, go there, see what you get. It's cool. There's loads of people there already. Love you to join. Anyway... That's all that crap out the way. What's been happening in the world of metal since last we spoke? Well, um, played a few more shows as a four-piece. That's Acid Rain, by the way. Um, Played the last show three days ago. It was amazing. It was in Leeds. It was just absolutely incredible. Really took me back to... um, to old school Duchess of York days, it was um, it was fantastic, and um, I realise that that will mean something to those of you that were there, and to those of you who weren't, it won't. But there you go; it's one of those things, isn't it? It's not a universal um, memory, I'm afraid. But there you go; it was awesome, had a great time, and um, and that's uh, yeah. Uh, next live shows are in March, so um, I will stop going on about me for a little bit. Um, first up, let's start with some good news. Jeff from Possessed has walked again for the last time in for the first time in thirty years. Not last time, for the first time in thirty years. There is an awesome video online. I haven't got access to it at the moment. If I find it, I will. Uh, I'll share a link um, on the podcast. Um, but it's pretty amazing to see. Um, and again, that is actually one of the cool things about social media, that you can see stuff like this. So that is, that's just awesome news. Um, however, not awesome news is Judas Priest's Richie Faulkner undergoes emergency um, heart surgery. So on Monday... Uh, Well, this Monday, just gone, 27th of September, Judas Priest announced it was postponing the remainder of its US tour due to uh, major medical heart condition issues. So, um, yeah, basically, the rescheduled 50 heavy metal years trek kicked off on September the 8th in Reading, Pennsylvania, and was slated to run through October before concluding in November in Ontario. Earlier, Faulkner's girlfriend, Maria Lynch, daughter of former uh, Dokken guitarist George Link, shared the following statement on Instagram. Thank you to everyone all your messages. I'll try and get back to you as soon as I can. Richie underwent major uh, emergency heart surgery. He is stable and resting. If you know him, uh, you know how tough and strong he is. So uh, so tough that he's fin- he, <laughs> he finished the show and kept the hair flips coming. There's no one like him. We'd be lost without him. Right, okay. So clearly... Um, he may well have actually been having a heart attack on stage. That's what that seems to um, seems to hit at. So, wow, 
That's amazing. That really is. So look, he's in the be- he's in hospital. That's the main thing, um, which is obviously where you should be after something like that. But uh, yeah, shit happens, man. Make sure you get your uh, make sure you get your um, uh, your medical done with your doctor and all the rest of it. Because the minute you hit certain ages as a bloke, things start to go pear shaped. Or so I'm told. <laughs> anyway, um, get well soon, Richie Faulkner. Um, and a complete change of tack. Jeff Tate performs Queensryche's entire Empire and Rage for Aura, Order albums in Orlando. And the reason I, I'm, I'm picked up on this news story was the fact that, well, does Jeff ever do any of his, like, his solo stuff? Does he ever do any of his, like, recent albums since he, let's be honest, got booted out of Queensryche? I, I mean, all I ever see are little news clips and it says like oh jeff tate performs this queen's reich album jeff tate performs that queen's reich album oh jeff tate's done some more queen's reich does he ever do does he ever do any of his like his his stuff can anybody tell me please because at the moment it just seems like he's basically just he's just a walking cover version of his of a band he's not in anymore but i mean not a criticism i'm just saying Oh, also, tying to the Judas Priest story again, KK's Priest, Sermon of the Sinner, gets 7 out of 10 on Blabbermouth. Um, well, let's, let's, let's see what happens with that, shall we? Uh, right, take a tour video, sorry, take a video tour of Queen's store in London's Carnaby Street. And the reason I flagged this up is, no, not going to fucking do anything on the story. What I've, I've put that up there to remind me to say to you guys that I, when I'm in central London, I'm, I tend to be going back in a little bit more often now. In fact, I think I'm in, yeah, I'm in there in a few days. So I will take a detour and I will do my very own little video tour of the Queen shop in Carnaby Street. And I will uh, pop that video up on when he, one of the many Talking Bollocks social um channels so please do check that out okay next up wendy dio on why she pulled the plug on the ronnie james dio hologram and the quote says i decided i want real ronnie well gotta say that um been on this news story since it since it commenced as you all know as soon as it was um announced um i took a very dim view of it but um, it looks like the experiment is over and Wendy's finally come round to the same opinion as the rest of us. Um, she said her reaction evolved over the years. When I first saw it, I cried. So did I, Wendy, but for different reasons. Then I got used to it because it wasn't Ronnie. Then we took it out on the first tour and the first tour, the first version was not that good. The second one was a lot better. That would have been after the eyes were redesigned. Who can forget that classic news story? But I decided that I, that I don't want to do it anymore. I decided I want real Ronnie. So we're working on a stage with a DO band, which will be going out in March 2022. Instead of having a hologram, it will have a film of Ronnie with a live band playing and with special effects and everything else. That's, that, that's what we're working on. We're working on it with uh, Paul Dexter, who is Ronnie's lighting and design engineer, and a bunch of other people, and also the Eye Illusion people who did the hologram are doing a bunch of special effects for, for, for us with it. So there you go. I never say never, um, but technology is different every day. And I just decided I wanted to see um, uh, Ronnie. Queen does something similar with Freddie Mercury. I haven't seen that. 
ours was a little bit different to that because um, we have all these great effects, 3D effects. It's almost like going into a ride at Disneyland. Well, yeah, it, it's still like, yeah, it just wasn't working. So there you go. Um, the Dio hologram is no more. Hard luck, everybody. No chance to go and get to see a massive hologram of somebody who was very small and it looked nothing fucking like him. You may as well have just watched, um, I, I don't know, a, an episode of some cartoon program and pretended one of them was Ronnie Dio or flipped through some of the old Pandora peroxide cartoons that Ronnie got mentioned in thousands of times in Kerrang! And, and just, you know, just look at that. Anyway, here's another story that doesn't seem to go away. Sebastian Bach says there is no reason why classic Skid Row lineup shouldn't reunite. We're not getting any younger. Well, there you go. That's going to get Godless all excited. And then literally on the same day, on the same day, Skid Row's Rachel Bolan on upcoming Skid Row album. I just can't describe how awesome it all sounds. So, Seb, take the fucking hint, will you? The rest of the band are very much focused on what they're doing now, as opposed to what they did with you years ago. Uh, This is a bit of a classic. Ex-Manowar guitarist Ross the Boss calls current version of band Mediacore, says recent music output has been terrible. Now, as much as I agree with him, I'd also say the same of when he was in the fucking band. But let's see how, how hard he goes in slagging him off. When a band gets big and the money hits, greed, um, Aravis and evil take its place. A guy that I thought was my partner wasn't. He was referring to Manowar leader bassist Joey, Joey uh, DeMeo. So he wanted me out. He goes, you got to go. I go, really? I've got to go? Why? I've got to go? Why? We're equal partners, 50%. Why do I have to go? Uh, why don't you go? The whole thing... Uh, uh, the whole thing was his so his antics and his bullshit was so insane I just had it up to my neck with him when you have it up to your neck with somebody you've just got to go get the fuck out of here I can't take this anymore it was ego greed Aravis evil he's also thrown that in as well so Joey DeMera is now evil he explained when Joey and me met I already had four major albums he had done zero Joey DeMera was nobody when he met me I had already done four. You mentioned that earlier, mate. I had no will to fight him. If I were to fight him, I wouldn't have killed him. He's just a fucking pariah. You can't live with that. My heart couldn't take it. I can't take evil. And I know people who are going to be... It's going to be hard for them to hear it. But I'm better off now. I really am. Ross went on to say a few more things. Well, if the financial uh, arrangements were right, but Joey is a scumbag... (laughs) that would never have that i'll never say no but you never know i just i just got called him a scumbag so it's not going to happen he's securing the fact that manowar are media a media core fucking pieces of shit right now what they're putting out to the public is just terrible now i mean yeah really <laughs> um uh, the 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 Man of War um, press releases, as I've read before, are like super over enthusiastic and insane. But that was just that was Ross the Boss just going for it, just fucking absolutely. Going, Come on, you fucker! Hey, get your fucking get your rabbit skin wrapped round your bloody torso. Hey, get out there, get some get some swords. Wouldn't now? There's a thing, right? Can't we get Ross the Boss and Joey DeMeo to have a sword fight? Yes, no, not a rude one. Don't be like that. Grow up, stop sniggering. 
right? But can't we get them to have a proper, genuine sword fight or jousting? Settle this in a fucking man of war fashion, you couple of fucking hairy arsehole bastards. Instead of slagging each other off in the press and talking shit, why don't you put your, your fucking mortar where your mouth is or whatever fucking ancient instrument or fucking weapon you choose to smash each other overhead with loots I don't know, you catapult each other over walls, I don't give a fuck, right but it's about time these two old bastards use a medieval way of settling this, I want to see torture I want to see both of them in the stocks, that'd be right, come on, let's I, Joey DeMeo uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first and annual Joey DeMeo and Ross the Boss Joust. Yay! And there was much rejoicing. We could have various members who used to be in the band sat around playing lutes and, and, and making old medieval music as, uh, as Ross and Joey prep their horses get their fucking, you know, get their steeds ready. Get, I mean, you know, they, they could maybe, they could probably shoot a video for every Man of War song ever whilst they were getting ready, getting ready to do some medieval jousting. Um, and have a proper joust off. Get jousting. Have a joust. Joust each other's faces off. Hey, just fucking joust. I'd, honestly, get on it. I would pay to see that. Instead of fucking Man of War going on tour, let's just have... Uh, Ross the Boss and Joey DeMeo jousting each other, yeah? Or smashing each other in the head with um, those balls with spikes coming out. I can't remember what they're fucking called now, but, you know, you see them all swinging around. Or, or trying, to use, trying to use ancient instruments, you know, trying to use a, um, uh, well, you know, something old, like a fucking huge catapult. Um, for some reason, in my mind, right, I'm trying to imagine Ross the Boss and Joey DeMeo doing a medieval joust. And I'm trying to imagine it being really serious and heavy metal and bloodthirsty. But all I can think of in my mind, right, is Monty Python, the, Monty Python um, uh, and uh, the Holy Grail. And that's, that's, that's all I can think of. It's just, and there was much rejoicing. Yeah! It's just, yeah, and they both get they basically they both die because they get stamped on they get stamped on by a huge animated foot. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, no update on Nirvana Baby Cunt, by the way. I'll keep you informed as to what that twat has been up to. Now I have to pause a second because I've got an insane email to read you. Now this is an email right from um, from Napalm Records, and it's regarding the single. Um, uh, stay true to your heart. Revealed by uh, revealed, released by Andrew W K. Now, I'm just gonna basically read you word for word his comments in the press release about the song. Okay. Uh, now where are we? Here we are. Right. Andrew W K says about stay true to your heart, and I'm gonna read this word for word with all the relevant. Um, uh, grammar etc here we go what is the most brutal form of positivity I want to get in there being and staying being true to yourself isn't the same as staying true to your heart they told me all about this when I start when I started forming approving the disapproval of others happiness seriousness zones of care Yourself, your family of supervisors, your city of strangers, your bathroom, your basement, your street. What does it mean for me to be not human? 
What does it mean for a not-human to possess my party mindset? It's not appropriate for me to analyse this song in that way. The song is meant to analyse me, and the listener is meant to party. You fucking cunt! You absolute fucking arsehole! Talk about having your head wedge so far up your fucking ass that you can no longer see daylight. There is a man who is lost to the world. What the fuck is he talking about? What a load of preposterous nonsense. And that should be the name of the new fucking Andrew WK album. Preposterous nonsense. Um, actually, it, no, there'd have to be a party in there, wouldn't there? The preposterous nonsense party. But fuck me. Really? That is, that is just, I, I mean, yeah. There, there is a word and I'm searching for it. And rather than sit here and go on about it, I'm just going to pause and think what the word is. Pretentious, not just preposterous. Pretentious, I'll try and say both. Um, preposterous pretentiousness, just absolute out there, complete cloud jockey, mind numbing, lost it. Out to lunch, out to dinner, lunch, breakfast and tea. Not in for a single fucking meal. Now, I know for a fact that um, Stephen Oldhead is up for talking about um, uh, Andrew WK's new album on the next episode of Old Bollocks. So that is going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Um, Anyway, yeah, what a fucking insane email. Right. Finally, see what I did here. John Bush revisits his time with Anthrax during Metal Allegiance Long Island concert. Do you know what? This is really annoying because he did this concert on um, on Saturday, which is, funnily enough, I was playing a show on Saturday as well. But um, yeah, and, and I interviewed him yesterday and I could have asked him about it, but I didn't see this news story. Around. So that's a bit annoying. So I don't ask him about this. OK, but I just wanted to say that he did it and that was cool. And that Metal Allegiance was um, Mike Portnoy. Mark, not Mark, Mark, Mike Portnoy, no, fucking hell, look, there's a lot of people, fuck it, I'm, 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 I'm moving on, so, I'm moving on to the wonderful um, John Bush, now, we had a chat yesterday, it was supposed to be half an hour, ended up being about an hour, um, because he's such a nice guy, and because we are singers. So we got to basically chat about singing. So the, about the last 20 minutes of this, 20, 25 minutes of this, um, is is actually just talking about singing. And it's it's really cool. Um, it's, it's great. I mean, I've, I've definitely picked up an idea um, of something, you know, that, I'm, well, I'm going to start doing. Um, and yeah, it's a really, really, really enjoyable um, chat and we we kind of went off piste a bit. In fact, we're we're rarely on piste, and the piste is um, that symbol uh, of salvation has got a thirtieth birthday coming up, um, and they're bringing out symbol of salvation live, which is a combination live album and video. Look, I'll, I'll put a link to it all, but there's some really cool packages, um, all sorts of different coloured vinyls, all sorts of extras as well, um, including. Um, songs that the because uh, uh, like Dave Pritchard, who was a member of and one of the founding members of um, uh, Armored Saint, passed away um, before this album was released, and they have put they've got basically one of the formats. You've got uh, some of his demos that he plays on um, our extra tracks, which is so cool. That is so cool. 
Um, but look, I, I just had a great time. We don't talk about anthrax, so, um, you know, don't expect any anthrax chat. But there is some really cool stuff that in there. And it's just, guys, you know, me and singers, we get on. It's just a really cool, relaxed little chat. So uh, this, is, this is John and I shooting the breeze just the other day. The video of the interview is also available on the Talking Bollocks YouTube channel, which you can visit right now. That is Talking Bollocks with a Z on the end instead of an S on YouTube. And you can watch John and I have a chat on Zoom. Or just listen to the audio coming up now. (laughs) Hello, how are you? What's happening, brother? Hey, so it's all going very well. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, you know, I'm one one cup of coffee in, and after this one, I'll, I'll get another one. And uh, I've done one interview, so you're number two, my final one for the day, and I'm ready to talk some bollocks. <laughs> uh, that's excellent. Last time we spoke, you were um, last time we spoke, you were in your um, you were in your son's bedroom. And at this time, this is very different. This looks like a, a this looks like a quaint English stately home. A beautiful- hey, well, it's it's a little office that we've made in our house that um, originally was a, just a balcony, and we never used it, and it was all dirty, and it was cool. It had these doors that opened up, but we just never used it. And so my wife and I were just kind of bursting at the seams in our house, and. So we, we had the idea of creating this kind of, I'll just, I mean, it's, it's really, it's not very big. Um, that's the windows. Yeah. And then that's a dining room. And then, right. so it kind of goes, it's just a small little room, but it's our office. Um, and I have done a lot of interviews here and, um, and it's, it's cool. My desk is here and it's pretty messy right now, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I like sitting here and this, the windows go outside and, it's great. Yeah, no, it's it's lovely, and it's oh, and, yeah, um, you know the, the chandelier. The chandelier is very very Agatha Christie. I'm loving yeah, it. All yeah, all right, that's awesome. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I would I would love if I, I was looking out to the to the English countryside right here. And <laughs> that would mean I was I was in Britain and and hanging out or well, doing something. But I would love that. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to be to be honest, right now, um, I think you'd like the weather that you've got. You know, you'd like that a lot more. Well, it's actually um, very cloudy the last couple of days here in LA, which is great because it's, you know, it's been like a million degrees and, um, and, you know, the, whatever. I mean, we're, we're in a really uh, kind of uh, somewhat dire scenario here in, in, in California and also the Southwest in general of the United States. And we're in bad droughts, a lot of wildfires. Most of them are up Northern California right now. Like the major sequoia trees that are just have been there for like thousands of years are being threatened, and they're like monster trees that are just incredible. And um, you know, I, I think I think Mother Earth hates us right now. I don't blame her. I think she just looks at humans as like you guys suck. Yes. Yeah. Well, guess what? In the end, she'll have the final say anyway. So people are like, oh, you know, the Earth. The earth is going to keep on going. It's us that are going to. Dude, dude, you're absolutely, you're singing the same song as I am, which is like when people say like, oh, mother earth is dying. No, mother earth will be here for billions of years after we've gone. It's the, it's the, what's dying is the optimum conditions for human existence. And because we're so arrogant, we call that the planet dying. 
Right, exactly. And well, and we're taking a bunch of animals with us, which sucks, and they don't want yeah. to. They're like at our mercy. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, look, everything's political these days. Every, you can't get into a conversation about anything with it. You know, yeah. is, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who kind of rides on the middle anyway about stuff. But, um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm pro-environment. Who's not into the environment? Like, I mean, God, like, how yeah. is that a political? Like, yeah. if you have children, don't you care about what they are inheriting? Like, like I'll be dead. I'll be, you know, probably 30 years, man. If I'm lucky, knock on wood, I'll be... I'll make it that long and then you know, chances are I'm going to, I'm going to be gone, but they're going to be here and then yeah. they want to have kids. Can't we like do the right thing by the environment? And, you know, couple that with try not to uh, eradicate uh, industries for people who have work. I get that. I'm, I'm, there's got to be a transition period to help people to, with things that aren't good for the planet, but yet, you know, we don't want to put thousands of people just on the streets because in LA, we already have thousands of people on the street, which is a whole nother ball of wax. But, you know, it's find that meeting. Can we, we're smart. Humans are smart. Come on, figure it out. Can we find a way to bridge that? But we can't just sit here and go, uh, oh, we're going to keep using coal because otherwise all these people are going to be out of line, out of work. No, yeah. find a way, transition them to something else. It's like, yeah. It's like having a house that's full of asbestos and go, well, this is how the house was built. So I'm just going to live in it. It's like, oh yeah. man, it's asbestos. Like it, you're going to get cancer from it. You don't want to live in it. Like what? Anyways, stupid. Sorry. I got no. Out <laughs> no, man. No, 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 no. Um, I, I, um, I, I, I think that, you know, every single point you made there is perfectly valid um it's just that everybody also wants to see change tomorrow it no matter no matter what it is whether it's the environment whether it's inclusivity whether it's no matter what it is everybody wants change tomorrow and 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 there just seems to be like an unwillingness to accept you know hey do you know what let's let's make a start but change maybe not tomorrow you know just hang in there and yeah it's great that people are beating the drum saying this is not enough this is not enough but by the same token you know they're the people who drive things and keep things going but you know everything takes time no that's completely true and and and, um um that's what i it's funny because i i used to call my son um immediate gratification man because that's with the world with these and this you know everybody just you know, immediately they can get something like it, you know, Oh, I want to go to that restaurant. I wonder how to, let me find out how it is. You know, like you, everything's at your disposal. So it's created this world of having immediate gratification uh, or or immediate information. And I agree with you. Some things take time, but that's the, you know, that's the modern world we're living in where everything is just so immediate that you feel like you, you, you need that um, kind of, uh, like I said, that kind of reward or information or something that allows you to think that this has to happen now. And I agree with you. Things, things do take time and patience is, patience is okay. I mean, certain things we need to be a little less impatient, a little less patient with, because, you know, um, you know, cities are underwater. Like, I don't really know how people are going to live in New Orleans anymore because, it's just getting crushed every year by hurricanes. And it's a shame because New Orleans is a really awesome American city because it's really unique and, you know, has this kind of 
you know, gothy uh, world to it. And it has a Southern Jazz Association. And, you know, so it's a really special city, but it's just, it's going to be underwater, you know, and it's just, you know, and it, they got to figure a way to fix it. And I don't even know how. Well, it, it, and the weird thing is when you were talking there about that and, and like my mind was kind of running away with, wow, you know, what if, you know, are we, are we coming to a point where these kind of made, you know, just major cities are going to become, you know, uninhabitable because of, because of, because of weather. And we're looking like, you know, maybe this keeps going the way it is 10, 20 years in our lifetimes to you know, knock on wood, hopefully in our lifetimes, we are going to start seeing, you know, literally cities being abandoned and people just saying, look, this is, you know, we're, we're done here. Well, and that's, and that is some kind of, you know, that's some kind of horrible futuristic sci-fi movie I've seen. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the truth of the matter, like, I mean, <laughs> you got cities like Phoenix and Las Vegas and they're great cities, you know, for some, for the most aspect, but, um, but I really don't know if those are places that were millions of people were really supposed to be living because it's the desert and it's, there's no water there. And it's blade. I mean, 120 degrees in the summer. So I, I don't really understand that building this major metropolis in some of these places it makes any sense. It just probably never did, but yet, and that's where people are kind of relocating in America because people they're like, they don't want to live in the freezing cold of like Buffalo, New York anymore. So they go, they go South and that's a kind of the migration that's been happening in America. However, if there's no water, there's no water. You can't live there. You know what I mean? You can live without oil. It will be hard, but you can't live without water. So, I mean, yeah, if there's no water, you're going to have to rethink living in these places, you know, and um, yeah. or just build, you know, build tunnels and or, you know, these, um, you know, pipelines. And that's what the new thing people are talking about. And, you know, granted, rivers come from up north and they bring water and dams and stuff. But if you have to build dam after dam after dam, perhaps the question is, should people really be living there? Yeah, and just be- yeah, that same, you know, it might be a question mark itself. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those just because we can, you know, do, it doesn't necessarily mean we should. That's true. Exactly. Good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you if you're building a pipeline hundreds of miles to a place that has no water, I, I don't know. Maybe there's not supposed to be anybody there. That's true. Know? That's true. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, it's it's a work in, it's a work in progress for us humans. <laughs> yeah and it always will be it's like it's like the great bill hicks once said you know we're just a virus with shoes That's, <laughs> wow that was way ahead of its time actually right oh man yeah the, well yeah the man was way way ahead of its time and and watch this for a segue speaking of being ahead of its time the uh the album symbol of salvation see what i did there the album yeah, of, exactly. <laughs> the album of symbol of salvation believe it or not um uh, well, actually, you wouldn't believe it because, you know, I'm just going to tell you straight out. We we were label mates when the album came out because I was in I was in Acid Rain on Music for Nations. Uh, well, on Under One Flag, which was an imprint of Music for Nations okay. in Europe. And I think, um, well, you were on music. I think you were on the main Music for Nations label um, when this came out in Europe. When maybe they distributed Metal Blade. Yes, um, they did. Yes. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, memory yeah. serves me back thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but 
I was what band? What band? What were you? Um, I was um, a band called Acid Rain. Rain was spelled R E I G N. Thank you very much. Um, uh, so, it, yeah, but all those years ago, we were, we were label mates. And I remember getting this album because I was on the label. And you know what it's like? You know, you go see the label and you come out with an armful of stuff that, yeah, you know, yeah. costs nothing. And you think, well, even if I don't like it, I can give it to my friends. Right. Or take it to a record store. And, uh, <laughs> oh, surely not. Yeah, surely not. You never did that. Yeah, yeah, I no, no. I, I never got armfuls of limited edition, limited edition Metallica vinyl, and uh, and made a bit of extra cash. No, well, you know it. that you might want to keep. Right? <laughs> yeah, um, but um, I was reading over the press for this, um, for this release, for the live release, and there was, uh, you know, being a guy who fronts a band that has been around many, many years, I, I recognised some of the things you were saying. And that was, and one of them was was getting a chance to perform this album and playing songs for the first time all these years later, and kind of being amazed that you're playing some stuff for the first time, and the fact that you're actually pl- got a chance to play it all those years later, and that there's like you know, crowdfuls of people who want to see it, and you're making a live album of it. If someone had said that to you thirty years ago, you'd been like, you know, what? You crazy? And I, I really kind of resonated with me because I think you go back all those years and you're so focused on what you're doing at the time. The, the, I mean, the future is just not, it's just not a thing. But then when you get so far removed from it and you're looking back at it, it's, it's great revisiting this stuff and, and, and sometimes kind of giving yourself a little bit of a pack on the bat saying, Do you know what? Yeah. We, we did a good job there. Yeah, well, I think that you, usually when you make a record and, and then you go out and play, um, you know, you find a handful of songs that you're going to play, usually, especially yeah. if you have previous records. It's like your first album, of course, you go out and play the whole record. But when you already have a couple of records prior to that, you, you have to fit it into the set. And of course, you want to play new songs because you just made this record. So you want to play it. You yeah. want to focus on new songs, but you don't also want to dog the old tunes and, you know, the old guard. So um it's just you're bridging that together and, and finding a happy medium there. But, um, you know, there certainly were tunes that if we played once or twice, that might have been the only amount of times that we played them. So to go back and do this whole record uh, in its entirety of all the tour, um, it was fun to, to really bring those tracks uh, uh, live and in a rehearsal setting and then going and playing them live and 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 playing these songs that we like I said we just hardly ever play no rain of fire and last train home we played those songs tribal dance many many times but you know another day and um truth always hurts and um you know burning question and hanging drugs these are songs that we just really hardly ever played if we played once maybe and so it was really cool to play those tunes live and and then in with those other tunes that's what made it really special. And I've, I've been saying, I've been doing interviews for this record is that it just is a really broad album for, for a hard rock metal band. It's just really versatile. It, it, it's really kind of, we take a page out of the, all the old bands that, that inspired us, the UFOs and the Scorpions and, and um, you know, albums like Love Drive and Jailbreak and, um, you know, uh, you can go back to like uh, Sad Wings of Destiny and um, all these records that were versatile uh, for a hard rock metal band and lights out. And, you know, that's kind of what we always wanted to do as a band is be a band like those bands um, because we love those bands so much. And so, um, 
you know, and, and, and I think that we were able to kind of do that. We did it our way, of course, the Armored Saint way, but we did it. You know, we were, we were a band that really kind of pushed the boundaries on our style. And, and that was what we always wanted to do. Sometimes we couldn't figure out exactly how to get there. Um, and we stumbled along the way for sure. But I think that's what we always wanted to do. And if, if I, if I take the last record we did punching the sky, I think that's the ultimate uh, exclamation point on what our career has been, which is taking chances, pushing the boundaries of being this rock, hard rock metal band and, and just broadening our style. And, you know, if we ever did something that we thought, well, ah, maybe that's just a little too far out. I think we were honest with ourselves and, and we, we pull it back in, but, it wasn't that often. And, um, you know, I think we're confident in ourselves that we think that we could do that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because there's something else that you said um, in some of the press I've read, which, which you've kind of touched on there. And I kind of, I kind of pride myself on this and I was kind of, I was nice to see somebody else bring it up. Um, I am, I am, I consider myself one of the most objective fans of my band that there is, you know, I mean, you've got to be a fan of the band you're in, otherwise you're in the wrong band. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also I think it's really important to be able to do a complete 180 on that and, and look at, and look at what you're doing as a fan and be objective and go, do you know, do you know, because I think that's, that is so important because that helps you maintain perspective. It's very easy to just get wrapped up in what you're doing and think everything is great. Right. And especially you know, years later, because let's face yeah. it, and it's been around a couple of debt. Well, not a couple. We're talking about almost going on four decades here. Yeah. Soon. You have a lot of history and a lot of things to look back on. So, um, and uh, I'm not suggesting any band in particular uh, because I don't want. I mean, I'm not. The last thing I want to do is bust anyone's balls. But, uh, but the reality is, I think a lot of bands they don't. The newer records are records they probably just didn't put enough into and thought, okay, I can get away with this. And yeah. um, you know, it, it sounds like this band um, and the material sounds like this material that we've always done so i think that's good enough and um and i think that's that's just never been the case for us because you know we want our last record to be on par if not better than our first record and we want to put the energy that's needed to make that um because we know everything that went into those records so we have to give it the same energy and effort um you know, and and it, there, you have to push yourself even more when you're doing newer music because times have changed and, you know, you're not in the same kind of um, peer group anymore and everything's morphed. So um, I think you do have to push yourself as a as a as a musician when you're making records years later um, or not <laughs> or not. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you have to be honest. And trust me, when me and Joey work together and he's recording vocals of mine, there's times and I'm like, it sounds good. And he's like, not good enough. And I'm like, dude, really? And he's like, you could do it better. And I'm like, really? I think it's good. No, I think it could be better. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, in the end, you're always happy that you did. Maybe not at the moment. (laughs) Do you know what? I'm, I'm exactly the same. And I think, I think when, when recording vocals, I don't know if it's, I, I, it, I th- personally, I think it, it's so, I would say this being a singer, but I think it's such, it's so unique because you make, you know, it's noise you're making with your body for God's sake. Yeah. I'm not, you know, you don't, you're not hitting anything. You're not strumming anything. Um, and it's so objective. 
that for me, I just think I am, I've, I've come to the conclusion. I'm just too close to what I do to actually, to, to actually be able to go. Yeah. That's, that's the one it, you know, it's now I've now got to a stage where I, I think it has to be so collaborative that a, that takes a bit of pressure off me as well. Cause I feel like it's, we're working as a team as opposed to I'm going into the booth as a boxer and I got to fight my way out of that box, you know, and everyone's right. against me who's out there, which is definitely something that, you know, I've, I've done in the past, but I think when it becomes a collaborative thing, that's when you, you, when someone else gets the best out of you because they make, they take you places you wouldn't push yourself. Right. It's um, I just think that there is a fine line because the more people that you get into that collaborative process, the more things could get diluted. And, um, you know, then you're bouncing with many opinions and Uh, a little dodgy right there. So I I should have been clear. I meant collaborating with one person. (laughs) It could be more than one. It could be two because, you know, you might be, but it's just, it's, um, yeah, I look, you know, I really believe honestly that some of the best songs, at least myself, um, I, I feel like the, the best songs were ones that kind of happen easily. You know, I think the yeah. more you have to kind of yeah. beat a song and rework it, I think eventually just like it, you, you get to a point where you're kind of like, I don't even know what we're doing anymore with this, you know? So, um, I think it, Again, this is just me. I mean, Paul McCartney and John Lennon may completely disagree with them, and <laughs> rightfully so. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, I, I think, and for my career, at least, and when I look back on it's the songs that kind of almost, like I said, they kind of write themselves. I yeah. think those are, yeah. those are the best songs. Uh, without I mean, without doubt, it might, not be, it might not be as simple as A B C done. A B C done. It could be. I'll take it may take some time to get there, but yeah. it, like the ones that you have to rehash, I think that you almost have to start over again. And then it, oh, you're, you're, again, you're talking my language. There is one song on one album that I'm just like, no, sorry, I cannot, I can't play that fucking song because it, it's, it never made it. We should never have put it on the album. You know, it's just, we, we reworked it and we reworked it and we recorded it and everyone went, yeah, it's great. And I just have no love for it. Because but you know what, you on know. the flip side of all that, I also think that you know once it's done and once it's released um, and it's out, I accept it. You know, because I think there is a, a certain amount of acceptance that you have to have what you did, um, because everything might not be you know uh, you know let it be or something, man. You know, it's like <laughs> it's yeah. not the way it is. So you, I mean, and all I can tell you straight up about a song I don't like, and and within seconds that you can have an armored saint fan saying that's my favorite yeah. song. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so cool. So that's why, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't, I just felt like, Hey, for me personally, that song maybe didn't cut it, but it's still part of that album. And if somebody loves it, great. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's a personal thing to me, but I would never say what that song is publicly because I, right. the last, you know, because the, yeah, some fan hears it and goes, Oh, I love that song. And it's right. like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I've just needlessly pissed on your opinions. Today, right. you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why reveal that? Let it, let them live in it. You know, let them live in that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But um, I, I also putting this album out, um, I think is, you know, and the extra tracks and stuff that Dave plays on. I've, I, I, that's kind of incredible, isn't it? That brings a whole kind of uniqueness to the project as well. 
Yeah, it was songs that we wrote during that period. So that's why, you know, obviously they didn't make the record. Um, and, you know, in, in retrospect, I don't think they were uh, as, uh, on the same level uh, songwriting wise. However, they did have their own special little charm. And that's why putting them out and having Dave actually performing on them. And they never really were on vinyl, which is really another cool thing. I mean, if yeah. somebody told yeah. me that when we made Symbol and these other tunes that never made it, and we recorded those on a four track cassette four track, that's yeah. how they were recorded. Um, if somebody told me that they're still going to be on a vinyl one day, I would probably say, not those songs, man, not those songs. <laughs> but here they are. And, and yeah. it's really cool. And I, you know, I have to give tons of credit to, to really Tracy and Metal Blade and Brian to be able to do that because they are always looking for inventive ways to kind of put the new package out of something old and something cool and yeah. you just off the charge stuff with that. And, um, and it's great. I love it. So um, it's, it's, it's really cool. And I love vinyl and, and I, and I, I'll be excited to hear those songs on a on a vinyl record myself actually um well yeah i, I had uh, brian on here a couple of weeks ago and he was he was talking excitedly about the whole about the whole package and of course you've just reminded me that like when when the album was coming out originally that's when everybody was turning their backs on vinyl and and it was kind of like you know cd and cassette only yeah yeah that's an amazing well, that's yeah you know i still like cds too i i, I purchase cds and i listen to them yeah. in my car um, I still like packaging. Um, I know that you see now that's not environmentally friendly, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, nothing beats an album, you know, the big package album cover, I mean, it's the best, you know, still to me, it's the best, but, but I still buy CDs cause I listen to my car and, and I always feel like for myself, I'm more, I'm more connected to, to a record. If I have the, the aesthetics of, of the actual uh, product. Um, if I just download something onto, you know, the hard drive or whatever, well, I still have an iPod, but, um, uh, which I love, but, um, I just don't feel as connected as if I purchased the, see, look here, check it out right here. It's right here. Here's a bunch of CDs of, of things I bought recently. It's Joe yep. Bonifasa. Um, I got Hailstorm, uh, nice. Chicano Batman, um, you know, um, this band Blitz and Trapper, which is a cool, like, bluegrass. Um, you know, these are, I buy the CD, I listen to it in the car for a while, and then eventually what they'll do is they'll make it onto the hard drive that I have, and then that goes into the iPod. But I, yeah. need, I need to be able to, like, open this up and, you know, read the lyrics and once, maybe. That's, and it's probably only once, or the credits, you know. I, I still, as a fan, want to be connected that way. It's important to me. But, um, but I, well... I, I totally agree, and and I am, and I'm a big fan of the CD as well. That's 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 my format because as much as I love vinyl, um, you can only listen to a vinyl album once. The next time you listen to it, there will be a scratch somewhere. <laughs> Doesn't matter how careful you are, and that really pisses me off. Yeah. Um, so I have to have CD because otherwise, yeah. I mean, otherwise I've got four or five copies of my favorite albums, and it's just right. ridiculous. Um, yeah. But you got to take care of them. That's the thing, and they are a little more fragile for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But CD, you're absolutely right. CDs in the car. That is, that's what it's all about for me. I'll, I'll get an album, get a new album. And that's where it gets its real testing ground. You know, it's in the car. Um, you just can't be a CD blaring in the car for it. Like you're doing a road trip or you've got a long day ahead of you, whatever it is. 
and having kind of like your having my friends on my passenger seat stacked up <laughs> you know who's right. going to get play, who's going to get played next right. Right. <laughs> fine. that's still fun you know and it's crazy because a lot of cards aren't even made with cd players anymore a lot of them yeah um, i have a my wife and i have a minivan that's how we roll with our minivan because we have kids and cool you know, uh, we was uh, tooling a lot of my son's friends and daughter's friends around. Well, my daughter's driving now, so she has her own car. But, um, but yeah, a lot of cars don't have CDs. But this one, it's a it's a Bluetooth, so it plays CDs. But it, it's sometimes weird, like it 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 won't like I don't know somehow. Uh, oh, not a Bluetooth. I'm sorry, Blu-ray. Excuse me, it's a yeah. Blu-ray. So it plays them weird sometimes. Sometimes it won't work all of a sudden. Yeah. It's kind so of weird. So, but I, when we got our car, I was like, we have to have a CD player in it because I, I spent a lot of time in my car listening to music. That's, yeah, that's I, I have a, I have a 2013 model of a, of a car, and it's the very last version before they remodeled it. And the next, mo- the next sort of iteration of that model, um, they did away with the CD player. So I, so I, so like. I don't know what I'm going to do after this, after this car, you know, it's a trip. One of my daughter's friends, um, we just saw her the other day and she went to some show. They have shows here at the um, Hollywood forever cemetery, which is a place where they actually have gigs. Um, They do it in the mausoleum, which is really cool. Um, I've been to a show there once before and, you know, it certainly has a vibe. There's a lot of famous people buried there and it's right in the middle of Hollywood, but it's a big grounds. And uh, she went to a show there recently. She goes, oh, I got a cassette from the band. And I was like, cassette. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, it's, it make, makes you feel young again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cassette sounded like crap. Let's face yeah. it. Yeah. It's the, wor- the worst yeah. format yeah. ever. The worst yeah. format ever. I always say to people, it's like, oh, I love cassettes. Really? Did you yeah. love it? Did you love it when a friend came around? And you say, oh, man. You've got to hear this song on this new album. Just give me 10 minutes while I find it. You know? right, right, exactly. That's true. And, you know, you never failed how the tape got stuck and, you know, and it's got jacked up. And then during that part of the song, right? right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All but of hey, that. You know, they're part of my youth. Although, oh, although, my although youth. I have to say, like, like you were saying about that four-track cassette earlier, some of, the, some of the old demos that I have, like, from, like, late 80s, they, they still play yeah. and they, and they, and they, I mean, they don't sound great because they're a cassette, but they still work, you know? And, and as always is, is good enough to kind of lift it digitally and then try and brighten it up somehow. Right. Um, but it's amazing that those, that those formats have, have stood the test of time and, you know, last through even to today, even to today, even as something as flawed as the cassette is making a, you know, it's making a kind of return. Well, you know, when we made Civil Salvation originally, um, we wanted Dave's lead from Tainted Past to, to be on it and because it was such a great lead and it was recorded that way. And um, and this is pre-Pro Tool. So when Joey and at the time, Brian Carlstrom, who unfortunately has passed on in the last few years when he was the engineer of that record, and um, they spent probably about five hours uh, or so getting that onto the... The, the the version of Tainted Pass that we had recorded in the studio for the record and yeah. the tempos weren't quite right and this is you know they had to match it and in the end it yeah. sounds amazing and Dave was on the record and it was just uh, spectacular but that was a very painstaking circumstance to make that happen oh then. yeah oh yeah I mean it I, I, again I th- this all kind of gets lost I mean you know 
the generations of recording, the way it's changed. I mean, you know, we caught, we recorded our first album on a 16 track desk that was about the size of one of the walls of my house. You know? yeah, sure. uh, yeah. And, and, you know, literally it comes to doing a mix and you've got people all over the desk, you know, with little marks as to where they've got to move like faders to and everything else. Right, right, and right. it's like, you know, you're working as a team just to get that final mix of one song you know, down so you can save it. Um, right. where, where, and like you say, the, the hours that must have gone into to piecing that solo together to actually make it work in, back in those days, that's just, that's above and beyond the call of duty, man. That really is. Yeah, it was a lot of work and I really commend them for, for doing that, making that happen. And uh, I mean, like I said, in the end, it was really cool because Dave's is on the record and that was awesome. And even more so with the new stuff. And, and I mean, I think it's a great idea. And of course, the fact that you've got to play these shows in 2018 and then, you know, 2020 happened with the lockdown and everything else, that must have made it, that, that, that must have been given it a certain element of kind of like, wow, I'm really glad we did that when we could. Right. That's true. Yeah, because we have been sitting on this for a while um, uh, of releasing it as a DVD, you know, you know, a live record. That was the objective when we when we recorded it and filmed it. And that was around 18. So um, we knew that we wanted to do that. It was just about when we were going to be able to actually make it happen. Um, And now it's finally done. And, you know, coincidentally, it's cool because it does come out in um, 21. And and that is 30 years from when the record originally came out. Um, So it, it found its way and um you know it's here we are with symbol and it's it's really cool so so you're looking forward to playing some shows because you're playing in in december with which with what an awesome bill black label society you guys and prong who yeah. are one who are one of the most underrated bands in the history of any genre yeah great band and, um, it's, I, gonna be, it's gonna be fun uh you know we're um, you know, we, we have obviously lots of respect for Zach and all the stuff he's done on his own. And of course with Ozzy and just his career in general, and, um, to go out and be playing some shows will be really exciting. It's only five. It's on the West coast. Um, LA is one of them, which is at the will turn, which is a killer venue. I've been in many shows. I just saw Coco Bordello there about two weeks ago. It's one of my favorite places to go and I've never played it. So I'm real excited about that. And, um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to, to rock it out and, um, it should be a great bill and it'll, it'll, it'll end the year nicely, even though it's, it's only going to be, like I said, a handful of shows, but uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Now, and you're playing, you're playing kind of like towards the end of the year, aren't you? You're nearly, nearly playing a new year's Eve show. It, well, we are playing new year's Eve shows. Oh, right. You are. I, I, so, I, right. It's the 27th through the 31st is five in a row. It's Reno, uh, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, and then in New Year's in Phoenix. So I will be in New York, Phoenix and New Year's, um, much to the chagrin of my wife, probably. <laughs> this is this is exactly what I was thinking in the back of my mind. I was thinking, dude, you're you're a brave man. Yeah, it's, but all the five days you could have picked to play shows. Well, you know, I'm not. You know, these days in my life, I'm not a bit fan of doing too many gigs in a row. It's a little taxing on the voice, but yeah, yeah, is what it is. We're support acts, and we just we're going out there and we're opening and. You know, if he can do it, I can do it. You know, is the way I look at it. And um, so, you know, we'll, we'll roll. It's going to be fun. It's going to be cool to go out there and, and perform on stage. And I'm sure a lot of Remember Saint fans are going to be real excited. I, I, I think it's, um, you've hit on something there. It's like when, when you're younger, it's like, oh God, man, I want to be headlining. I want to be headlining. God, well, why aren't we headlining this? We should be headlining this. 
Yeah. Why why are we not headlining? And then the older you get, you're like, can we please support? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. That's a, that's that's plenty for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm it, done. It, yeah, it is what it is. You know, the symbol tour that we did was was probably some of the longest shows we ever did because we started out with the first three songs, which was March, uh, Long Before I Die, and Chemicals. So it was like well, first record, second record, third record, and then we went into the um, into the album. I kind of stole that a little bit from YouTube when I saw the Joshua Tree tour. They did something like that, so I thought that was real cool. So. I kind of lifted that for our thing. And, and then, um, and then, and then we did symbol and then we took a break and then we went back and played like a handful of other songs from our, from our career. So sometimes we, we, we clock in at about like an hour 45, which is pretty long for our insane to play. And, um, and yeah, I know a lot of bands play along, but that's just, you know, for us, it was probably some of the longest shows we ever did. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, that's like an hour and 45 minutes. Um, that, that really takes it out of you. I mean, I've put it this way. I've never, I don't think I've ever played a show where we've played an hour and 45 minutes, maybe hour and 35, maybe something like that. That's- yeah, I mean, it's not like I had John Paul Jones go into, you know, the 30 minute, no quarter solo in the middle of the show or yeah. know, like <laughs> when, when Zeppelin would play and then, you know, John Bonham's, you know, 30 minutes solo and, you know, I mean, it's pretty much song after song after song. So it's, it's relentless. Yeah, man. And that's, and, and certainly, um, you know, certainly nowadays, I certainly wouldn't want, would not want to be doing that. Um, yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not unless I'm doing consecutive da- um, and alternate dates, opposed to consecutive right. dates. Right. Um, Don't get but, me scared and I'm going to rethink it. I mean, like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 don't, don't, don't me. Um, one, one last question I wanted to ask you is, um, um, I, I had um singing lessons. Um, I, should I say that or should I say I went to a singing teacher? Uh, I went, I went to a singing teacher because you know you're never too old. You're never too old. Oh. And I, and I, and and, uh, and this was about probably about eighteen months ago, just before the pandemic, and um, and and she pointed out some bad habits that I'd got into um which i was uh, as you know as they happen over the years you don't notice and she point she pointed them out and i was like oh my god really yeah you're right i am doing that that's very silly um do you do you kind of are you at a stage in your career now where it's like look i know what i'm doing um i you know and i'm i'm i have my routines and i'm i'm good with where i'm at or do you still occasionally kind of I guess it's that objectivity that we were talking about earlier. Are you still, are you still kind of sort of examining, constantly examining what you're doing? I don't mean paralysis. I don't mean an, uh, paralysis by analysis, but just kind of constantly sort of checking on yourself and like, you know, no, I'm, I'm good with where I'm at. Um, I no, that's a good question. I like talking about singing. Um, I think that I've discovered a lot of things just lately. Um, you're always learning. You can never be too old to learn. Yeah. Um, certainly for me, I can, uh, I, I, I fall into that, but, um, I think the key is to sing often. It's a muscle. So it's like anything else. If you, if you, if you take breaks or extended breaks, it will atrophy like your legs will, if you don't, if you're a runner. So it's, the key is to always be running or be always be singing. Um, and I think that's the key thing. I don't always want to be singing armored sin songs because, you know, I'll burn out on them. So I just go through my yeah. catalog of music and I'll just find records and I'll just sing through them to them. Um, and then when I'm ready to do, like, I'm, now that I'm, I'm probably going to start singing the same songs now because we're a couple months away. Um, but I didn't want to burn out on, especially the new tunes. Yeah. Um, 
And I really don't want to have to rehearse Can You Deliver? It's just like, ah, oh, uh. um, but, um, but at the same time, I think the key is to find your sweet spots. I've done that. I find, there's an area I think that I'm, I, I sound best in. It's like kind of this mid-range voice I got. Um, taking care of myself, you know, as best I can. Um, and I don't do some of the extracurricular activities in my youth that I did. That <laughs> are very detrimental to your voice. I like yeah. to drink. You know, I do like to drink. I don't drink too much, but I, I do. Um, I have to watch. Um, I have an issue sometimes with reflux that kind of jacks up my voice. So I try to watch what I eat. Try to. I have a little homeopathic, you know, thing that I do every morning, um, and I'm pretty uh, religious about that. Um, I usually warm up when I'm on the road. Of this, I have a vocal tape of, of warm ups that I do in the morning. First thing I do, I wake up. I always dread it. It's like the last thing I want to do is like. Or the first thing I want to do, should I say, is, is do this warm up. I'm like, ah, but I do it, you know, when I'm on tour because I just know I need to. And it kind of sets the tone for my voice for the rest of the day. And then, and then I think that's it. You know, another thing what I've started to do over the last couple of years, which I never did, which is like, duh, is like about a half an hour before the show, I'll do like the first five songs of the set and um, just backstage. Right sing the whole song of like the, like I said, the first like four or five songs. And then so when I want, when I walk on that stage, I'm warm, I'm ready to go, which is does very logical. Like, you know, the NBA game guys aren't walking on, getting a ball and going, okay, tip it. Let, let's go. And like, no, nah, you're doing layups, you're doing stretches, you're doing things to prepare yourself to go into a game. Um, same as I'm sure soccer players, whatever. So um, I used to do a couple like shouts and then I'd be done, but you know, and then, right. I had it numerous times where people said, you sounded kind of eh, in the first couple of songs. Then you, can't, then you got warmed up and sounded great. And I'm like, well, yeah, duh. So I, so I do that. I, I do the warm ups, get the cobwebs out, as you will, um, yeah. and backstage. And then by the time I'm walking on stage, I'm, I'm, I'm warm. So I'm learning all these things. And I just discovered some of this stuff. So certainly not too old to learn. And I've taken lessons, things, because there, there was a couple dire times on the road um, it's all about my voice really it is because if, if yeah. I can't sing, if I can't sing, you know, I'm miserable. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah. But also if you can't, if you can't sing, there's no show. And, yeah. and, and I've, I've always been conscious now. I, uh, this is, this might just be me, but I've always that like, even as a kid, but in the back of my mind, it's like, and I'm constantly having to bat it away. You know, how's your voice? How's it feeling? What are you like? Because your voice goes, there's no show. Yeah. And that and, and that is, and you know, I don't want to be Mr. Singer and old oh, LSD yeah. lead yeah. singer's disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but guys, that is a, that's a thing. Well, I mean, and, and you know, look at, I've done numerous shows in my life that where my voice is trash and I walk on stage going, this is going to suck, but I'll just yeah. muster through. Um, and that's the way it is. And times where I thought it was actually damaging my voice. And one tour in particular, an anthrax, or I was like, man, it's, I just blew it out in the beginning of the tour and there was no stopping the tour. So, I mean, I yeah. get ready and go, okay, okay, what do I got? And I, <laughs> man, and I knew I had to walk on that stage and it, it, it was, it was horrible. It it's, was, it was yeah, like, it, it's really, crushing. Really, it's brutal. But I just said, I just said, bring me down in the mix. And I'll just I'll just give it my best. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't think people really remember. Of course, I do. But um, and you know what? Uh, it'll, unfortunately, knock on wood, I, I'm hoping it'll never happen, but it will again. It will again. But yeah. Um, but, you know, um, 
it's a trying to just I, and plus I don't I don't want to overthink it. Um, yeah, that's, you know, a, that's another thing. In the moment, and like you said, that's a good and paralysis by analysis, and I can overthink. And so sometimes you just gotta like get out there, and the adrenaline kicks in, and and then you just go for it. And maybe yeah. it won't be at your highest level that particular night, but you just you still need to perform. Still need to, you know, it's not like we have an understudy. Hey, get the understudy. In. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There ain't no understudy here, man. You just got to go do it, you know? Yeah. So I'm always empathetic towards singers. And of course, <laughs> the first thing I do when I go to a show, I was like, how does he sound? And I'm scrutinizing the crap out of him. But but at the same time, I'm always empathetic. And if I could tell somebody's not quite there, I'm like, oh, man, poor guy, shit. You know, yeah. So bad for him. But yeah. I, been there so. yeah absolutely absolutely and there's and, and there's nothing you can do well um by the way i've got i've got to mention the uh, uh the the warm-ups as soon as you get up that's a great tip i'm going to steal that i'm going to use that i already do the pre-show warm-ups but i'm going to trade you because i've got something i've got something for you as well um but i loved the irony of the fact that you that you're um when you're saying like doing your warm-ups or, or, or rehearsing and that and the one song you don't want to rehearse is can you deliver oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the irony well, you know, again, it's only because I don't want to. I mean, look, I love playing Can You every night when we and we do, and yeah, you know, love it. You know, there's certain songs I wish I could retire temporarily from the set, and we um, <laughs> do, um, and then bring them back. But but you know, it's it's you know when, I, when we play it live, it's always great. But you know, I don't necessarily want to practice it like yes, but yeah, um, but I do I, sometimes still. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. There's some songs that are in you that have been in you for so long. It's like, oh, man, look, I that song is for stage, and that's exactly. it. You exactly. know, exactly. yeah. Well, it, well, the thing I wanted to trade with you is: do you do warm downs? I do. Yeah, I do. Ah, sure. right. Yeah, okay, cool. Right after the gig, you know, I had a, a, a teacher, and he his name was Ron Anderson. Great guy. I, I think he just taught a lot of people through the years. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I've called him periodically and in some dire scenarios and he's like okay this is what you do and um but you know warm down was really essential that he told me and i i do it and he said you need a 40 you have about a 45 minute window so like you know you don't have to do it the second you walk off stage but you don't want to wait too long as then it's 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 not uh, useful anymore but yeah you got to warm down it's really crucial and you know the thing about the warm-up is because we're rock singers. So you belt it out and the next yeah. morning you wake up and you know, you're going to be a little raspy. You've been on a bus in the air and um, you know, maybe you had some food or, you know, a couple drinks, you know, you wake up, you know, your voice is like, so when you warm up, it kind of, it kind of warms it. It warms. It. It's really, really um, very soft warm ups. Very soft. So like, you know, you just get up and just really softly do your warm up and, yeah. and then ease into it. And, you know, again, it would be equivalent, like I said, of a, of a guy waking up who played a sport and he, you know, just kind of stretch a little bit in the morning. Just yeah. your muscles will just logically be tightened up from the previous night. And, you know, that's a, that's an absolutely, I think that's a perfect comparison um because that's without that's without doubt when that's without doubt when you feel your worst and that idea i mean so would you does it do you start with like maybe just even a hum just something yeah Yeah. Yeah. right and and then kind of build up to something that's a a little warm it's just always uh it really kind of helps right yeah 
know, see, I'm a guy, I'm always a little bit horse, no matter what, you know, so I can get away with being a little more horse than normal. You know, I'm a super <laughs> yeah. clean place and also now it sounds raspy. I'm always raspy, but, um, but yeah. you know, I certainly don't want to be too raspy, but I feel like I'm, you know, knock on wood, man, I, I, I've been singing pretty well and I'm real proud of myself. I think a lot of it is just a, the key is just to keep singing. So. I, I look, you're absolutely right. I mean, literally I, I, I played a show Sunday. Um, we just, we just, a, a, a bunch of shows, a little run and, yeah. um, and, you know, slightly raspy, but I, 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 I think I'm probably actually enjoying singing more now than I, than I have for years. And That's I don't great. know if it's, I don't know if it's because I'm older or also, with a kind of band that always has a pit and stage divers and stuff like that. Whereas with the way things are now, people are coming to shows, but that isn't necessarily a thing just that's coming straight, straight back because people are still a bit cautious. Um, So, so, so for me, it's kind of meant, right. Actually, do you know what? I'm like, the vibe is slightly different and the connection is, is slightly different now because instead of people just being like a, a, you know, a mass of humanity, it's now more individuals stood watching. So, yeah. so, so, it be, so, so, so it becomes more of a, a, an eye contact thing. And dare I say it as the singer of a thrash metal band, but it becomes about like connecting with people and, and singing to them and, and yeah. as cre- creating that connection. And it's been a very different experience, but it's, 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 it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, whatever, whatever is your, is, is your, your place of like warmth or whatever works best for you as a musician and as a singer and a performer, those are the things you kind of hone in on and, um, and figure out. And, um, and it is ever evolving um, for people. And, and, and once you kind of click into that, whatever that may be, performing live, performing in front of a big crowd, small crowd, studio, uh, rehearsal you're just finding your ways to just like hit those on the head and um however you do that is i think um you'll be you you always feel good about it when you're able to connect those things yeah absolutely and i think uh, um i think that's true of being in the studio as well i mean i have somebody a, a producer uh jace lewis that, that that just gets the best out of me and right. when it and it's just it's the two of us in the studio and that's it and, you know, sometimes I'll push back a little bit and sometimes he'll tell me that, like, no, that is the one and that is the one we're going to use. And your opinion is 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 not really needed here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, but sometimes I kind of like that, you know. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's great. You know, that's why he's a producer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you can get that kind of that 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 push and pull right and, and that trust of, you know, that trust in somebody. I think that is just that, that's key to to delivering the vo- you know studio vocals, yeah. Um, because it's a completely different beast. Obviously, I mean, Absolutely. it's like you know if you if you go and if you sang a gig like you sang in the studio, you know, halfway through the set, that's the end of the show, guys. Right, right. And it's funny with live performances. I was just talking to somebody the other day. Is with 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 YouTube and everything now, um, you can't have a bad gig anymore, man. Because literally, <laughs> yeah. Yeah it's online and somebody's watching it and it's like man it kind of sucks because you know in the old days it's like man i get sucked but shit, it's over and, but not anymore and yeah gets, yeah you know, online and so yeah. as a singer you're all right not even just a singer you know guitar players as well i'm sure like somebody's like, oh you play the lead different man it's i don't like it as much and 
so you, you you just can't have a you can't have one of those gigs anymore because yeah because with YouTube I love YouTube don't get me wrong is you I, I consulted a lot hey where do we play on this show and, and date <laughs> and it's awesome especially old bands I loved and you can look at shows it's great but you know you you can't have bad gigs anymore unfortunately so. well you're right because one we we did a show fairly recently and we came off stage and everyone was saying oh man that was great that was wonderful I was like yeah I I didn't really enjoy it that much I mean don't get me wrong it was a good show but I sounded like shit and it was one of those shows where it's like all day was in the back of my mind that it's going to be hard work tonight and by I got to the chorus of the first song I was like yeah this is going to be a long night and 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 they and they're all turning around going really I thought you sounded great no wow wow that was great and then two or three days later the messages start coming in just watch the show on YouTube yeah, I see what you mean. You didn't sound great, did you? I'm like, dude, I'd forgotten about that. All yeah, right. I was going to bring that up, yeah. man. That's funny. Well, that's life. You know, you just have to, you know, like I said, you know, usually um, the connection to athletes, because again, as a singer and drummer, yeah. and, and, you know, boxing, and boxing, man. Yeah. Sure. And um, you're not always going to have a great game. That's the way it is. You're just not. I don't get the best. Yeah. Michael Jordan did not have a great game every night. He just didn't. He had a great game most nights, but he didn't have a great game every night. And that's his yeah. life. You know? so, and some, yeah. And sometimes, you know, you, if you're in a band, you're a team. And sometimes, you know, man of the match is, you know, your drummer or your guitarist right. or, you, right. know, so, or, you know, someone's not having a great show. So everybody else pulls together. You know, and it's and a good you, analogy, you, yeah. You know, because make, then it's like the other guy who took the, the, you know, like who got all the goals or something. Yeah. Yes. You, good, good job, man. Because I was off. You know. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's like, yeah, thanks for saving my ass there, right. because like right. I did not have a great time tonight. Yeah, right. I know that. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh man, look, I'm not going to keep you any longer. It's been it's been lovely talking to you, John. It really has. Yeah. And um, I, I, look, I, you know. Um, love to see you in the UK uh, as soon as, but the way things are at the moment, let's just let's just all just play some shows and make sure we're all okay. Yeah, 22 is I'm being optimistic, and um, you know I love coming to Britain. You know I, I've always loved coming there, and um, insane and Anthrax and the days I had there and great amazing shows, and um, you know it's it's just a great so it's the home of metal. Let's face it. I mean you know I really I'm not just brown nosing you because. Because you know you're British, but you know it's just it, it really is. You know my favorite bands, whether they're hard rock or metal or pop or whatever, are, are usually British bands. And um, and I always just feel this feeling of, of wanting to be in England and and Scotland and Wales and you know all those places. You know it's just it's always great to be in that in that place in that neck of the woods and and I've had great shows through the years. And I look forward to at least coming in 22 and and doing a few more. Uh, that's, that'd be great man that'd be great it'd be lovely it'd be lovely to see you guys over here because Arm- armored saints not been to the uk enough yeah i know absolutely without a doubt you're right exactly i mean the first time we ever came was in 1991 seven years after march of the saint came out and then we played the marquee yeah. that was that was the first time we came which was a huge enormous mistake that we took that long a lot of it was out of our hands but um, I still, to this day, am pissed about it. So, dude, uh, dude, it's it's almost like you're a bunch of delirious nomads. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna use the uh, the, the <laughs> tactic that you know, like a um, it was we didn't overplay. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> always, always know. leave them wanting more. Yeah, there okay. you go. So you know, it's, it's <laughs> like people were yearning for it, and uh, 
you know, it's, I have to say that because I'll be pissed that we didn't play more than we did. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Well, look, thank you very much. Have a, have a lovely day. Enjoy your Agatha Christie balcony. Hey. And, um, hey, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Right, and thank, thank you, you very much for taking the time out to have a chat. Thanks for having me. And thanks for a great interview. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and no problem, man. Pipes. Thank you. Take care of those pipes. Yeah, you, you too, brother. You too. All right, All right see you soon. <laughs> Take care, man. Cheers. Bye bye. And yeah, you can tell that that was uh, that was a lot of fun. That uh, was a lot of fun. I have to say, there was a, there was a time there when we were just chatting at the beginning. I thought, do you know what? I need I need to get this I need to get this conversation on to Armored Saint um, because uh, otherwise the two of us are just going to like be, you know just be chatting about world events and uh, and you know all stuff like that forever. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Really relaxing um, and and cool chat um, with one of the greatest one of the great voices out there. Um, and, and in case you're wondering, yeah, I get a fucking buzz off doing this. I really do. I mean, I got to sit and chat on, on Zoom with John Bush for an hour last night. I mean, how fucking cool is that? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I love doing all of this. So I, I suppose I don't really mention it that often, but I honestly, you know, talking to these guys and for the, you know, and especially when you like his follow up and you, you know, you've spoken to them before. Um, and someone like Max is a prime example, you know, who I've done a number of interviews with now. And it's like, yeah, cool. He knows, you know, he knows who I am. <laughs> I, I mean, that just does my head in, frankly. But anyway, um, I'm no different to you. You know what I mean? It's like basically somebody in a band is just a fan who is, you know, a total nerd instead of just a nerd. We're, we're the ultimate metal elitists. Every other band apart from mine is shit. Um, now that was that was quite a quick arranged um, interview there as well, which means that I didn't get a, um, didn't get a chance to get uh, questions out for patrons. Would normally, um, if you sign up a Patreon, you get advance warning of who the interviews are with, and you get to ask loads of questions. How cool is that? So that's another reason to sign up a Patreon. Um, but look. I just want to say thank you very much. Thank you to all of you listening. Um, please pass the pod. You know, tell people about it. That is the one thing that you can do. If you don't have the the, the money or the inclination to sign up at Patreon, totally understand. If you can chuck me a couple of likes somewhere, if you can tell some people about the podcast, if you happen to be wandering past the Apple Music Store, I don't know, you know, maybe write a, a really over the top brilliant review. No bad ones. Don't really need those, please. Um, but yeah, that would be really cool. But uh, look, I get it. It's not everyone's thing. Um, just thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for streaming. And whatever you do, tell people where we're at. Um, in the description of this podcast, you'll see a bunch of links to stories mentioned here, other podcasts that I do. And please do sign up everywhere you can. And just in general, see you back here in a couple of weeks. Okay. Might be sooner than that. Might be throwing some bonus shit your way. Who knows? Who knows? But I've got one very, very cool thing in the works. If it comes off, it is going to be completely different to anything anyone else is doing. And I am really, really excited about it. But there you go. Can't tell you any more than that. So there we go. That's the end of the podcast. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just remember, it's great being in your ears. It really is. I love it. Um, it's it's a pleasure. It's an homage. Uh, an homage. 
Right, now that's a, that was a mixture of honour and privilege. I've done this before. An onage. Okay, so there you go. That's, I, I, it's, it, that is honoured and privileged is onaged. So I'm onaged <laughs> to host this podcast. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm going to shut up. I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers.